When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome back. Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin here on Score North. If you uh, missed any of our first hours, scorenorth.com or Score North Vikings on wherever you get your podcast. Brandon Thorne of the Trench Warfare podcast broke down offensive line like no one can. It was... If you if you need your daily dose of meat and potatoes football, you need to go back and listen to that segment because... Everything he was saying about the offensive line are questions that we've been asked a thousand times, but the way that he injected all of this football knowledge and in just the way that like these the scheme breakdown of these players and why they would be good fits and guys that are already fits within the system and moving guys around. I mean, it was really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, football. Our, our, uh, it was football. We had to play that right after he was done. So if you I had to, that, I had to like run through a wall after that. Actually, I just was so. Yeah, jacked. you're still recovering from I, running through that wall. My anchor, my anchor. You know, <laughs> I was just I was trying to get a good anchor. Yeah, our uh, friend Luke Inman of Zone Cover tweeted that Vikings fans need to tune into Brandon because no one is better than uh, him at breaking down this year's offensive line class. I agree. I mean, the guy puts so much work into the offensive line. So uh, exciting to have him on the podcast uh, and on the show again today. So if you missed any of that, make sure you catch it. Uh, I asked you before the break, we'll get to Manny's list in just a second. How many wins next year does it take? for Kirk Cousins to earn himself another contract with the Vikings because that's when they'll do it is after next year. They won't do it in the middle of that season. They'll no. do it in the offseason off before his final year of the deal. So how uh, many 2019 wins does that take? I guess it would probably have to take 10 if you if you include a 9-7 and seven record and then at least one playoff win. To me, 10 is the probably the, the basement of what he needs to do. Hmm. These guys never won a playoff game. He's only been to want the playoffs one time. Um, and they kind of back their way into that, too. I just think listening to Rick Spielman last week and listening to Mike Zimmer and what the threshold is for success here, his stats don't matter. We don't care about anything like that. It's the reason he's a great fantasy quarterback and has been very mediocre in other parts of his career. But I do believe that if he can get this team into the playoffs, get them a playoff win, and show signs that he can do this on a consistent basis in the future a contract extension will come. Now, we are talking about this off-air. What does that contract extension look like? I think it's a short-term extension with all guaranteed money structured mm-hmm. very similarly to what he did last off-season. Yeah. It does not need to be a long-term deal, though. 
I know that he decided he wanted to come here so he could set himself up for the future and set up for, you know, to become this team's franchise quarterback. But I still think that with a guy like Kirk Cousins, you want to give him a shorter leash to work with. Manny, what is your opinion on the matter? How much success does Cousins have to have? Because I, I don't think it'll be graded on stats. On shouldn't be. Yards, touchdowns. I don't think that's unless, how unless the Mike Zimmer's winning millions of dollars in his fantasy league, it should not be. Because I'm really on the fence about whether nine wins and one playoff win would get it done. I'm not even sure if it's a number of wins as it is just if you can get to the playoffs and make some noise. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's to Courtney's point, he's been to the playoffs one time. Blew a double-digit lead. Yeah. And, you know, lost, didn't perform that great. Had and like three interceptions in that game. Didn't against, play well. Against the Packers, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, and let's look back at why he was brought here to begin with. This was a team that got to the NFC Championship game, and they viewed him as that piece that where if they upgraded at the quarterback position, that this would set them up to be to continue to be in that mix and to possibly get them over the hump. And if you're telling me that two years into this thing and they made the playoffs once and didn't win a playoff game, like you're basically looking at the same situation that he was in in Washington. It's it's it, it would be the exact same thing. So I think I think for him it's you got to make the playoffs and you got to win a game. Okay, give me the give me the poll here. So I'm going to put this on Twitter. What does Kirk Cousins need to do in 2019 for the Vikings to sign him to a contract extension? First pick would be like Super Bowl, I would think. Like first option, and then uh, what win? A playoff game, and NFC Championship. Do do NFC Championship as its own because that's the last bar this team reached. And then win a playoff game, and you could put the last one being like throw for 5,000 yards. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll just say... Ridiculous stats. 4,030 again. Okay, I'm going to put that out there. We will update that then because I think this is a really interesting question of what it would take, and it really pertains to the Josh Rosen conversation is if... You aren't going to sign him to a contract extension unless he reaches the NFC Championship game, then trade for Josh Rosen. The odds of that are just not that high, especially with a team that's moving and shaking a ton in this offseason, and we don't know if it's going to be the same level of defense or if they're going to be able to put the pieces around him. All right, we'll let that stew. Oh, I, let... I can't wait to see. I know that people vote on it, but the responses to that are yeah, going to be really we, good. We will let the voters vote, and in the meantime, Manny... You have Ooh. made a list of either eight or nine things. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Courtney? Is it eight or nine this week? It's nine. There's yeah, got to be nine. I know what the subject matter is. got to be nine. Yeah, it's nine. Yes. Okay, it's nine. <laughs> do I get something every time I get that right or no? And, no. Okay, and darn. I gave you a Diet Dr. Pepper. That's that was like, pretty uh, good. That's, that's like cigarettes <laughs> in prison to me. <laughs> so what is the list this week, Manny? The list is my eight or nine, and it's nine, favorite Vikings plays of all time my personal favorite not the greatest of whatever it's my personal favorite nine vikings plays of all time okay so yell at manny then for it (laughs) him not including your favorite play exactly call manny why didn't you include this play tweet me at manny hill (laughs) you did your favorite like two sport athletes and someone got really mad that you ranked one guy ahead of another it was like it's my favorite guys man because i put 
Bo, or I put Dion ahead of yeah. Bo Jackson. It's like it's like, just Manny's favorite. My top it's two. Okay. I like Dion this, more. This isn't that serious. I like Bo Jackson too, but I like Dion more. You're you're like uh, we're gonna put all of these audios at like the bottom of every article. You know where it's just like list of ten things that some actress did or something. You know, like those. <laughs> You'll never those guess crazy what so and so looks yes. like ten years out of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> all right, here's number nine. Moon under pressure. That was uh, week 14 at the Metrodome in 1994. Chris Carter with a long touchdown in overtime to beat the Chicago Bears. It's one of my favorites because, uh, well, the Vikings won the old NFC Central that year at 10-6. And and, uh, they were down by double digits, I believe, at one point in this game against the Chicago Bears, who were led by Steve Walsh at that time. And this was a Sunday night game on ESPN when Mike Patrick and uh, Joe Theismann were doing the... uh, Sunday night games for ESPN. So that was, uh, that's, that's number nine for me. There was a thread somewhere or whatever you call it, a group of video clips put together of Chris Carter doing toe tap catches. Mm-hmm. And it's just outrageous. The, the guy was just unbelievable at that specific sort of skill of knowing exactly where the sideline was and making every single catch. All right, number eight. Now Farrakh tries to give him some breathing room, and he's going to take a shot deep downfield, and open is Bernard Berrien, and the former Bear will go 99 yards for a touchdown. Wow. And uh, that is uh, 2008. Gus Farrakh hits Bernard Berrien for a 99-yard touchdown, also on Sunday night. Football with Al Michaels and John Madden on the call there. And, Collar, you actually had Gus Farad on a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. A few yes. weeks ago. Yes. And he broke down that play. Yes. Like, it was amazing. Verbatim. Who was basically. that against? Was that against the Bears? It was against the Bears. I, yeah. thought, I feel like I remember watching that game. It, yeah. yeah, it was great because Gus Farad said that he had uh, a picture of him and all the other guys right after that play that they all signed or something like that that he has mm-hmm. framed. It was, like, it was the play of his career. Mm-hmm. And he said that he, he just, this is one thing I loved about Gus Farratt and I love about some journeyman quarterbacks is they're like, well, I'm in, I'm throwing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, oh, you know, I'm probably supposed to hand off to the fullback a couple times here, but one-on-one coverage, here we go. And the Vikings defense had had a great goal line stand right before that sequence, which is why it ended up being a 99-yard touchdown too. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a great night. And here's number seven. And we'll add to that total. Breaking into the open field. And he shoves away one, shoves away another, and blasts his way into the end zone. A spectacular run by the most spectacular runner in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. Week 1, 2009 at Cleveland Browns Stadium. The uh, Vikings beat the Browns and... Adrian Peterson gets he, into the open field. He did illegal things. I yes. mean, he, he. I think on that run, if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't have to stiff arm a guy. Like he could have just run for a touchdown, but he turns back to be like, "No, let me get this yeah. one extra." Let me, stiff let arm. me get the stiff arm in there. <laughs> and then there's another guy. He just kind of grabs him by the helmet and just sort of shoves him out of bounds as he runs to the end zone. It was, uh, it was phenomenal. All right, number six. Robert Smith is back from Minnesota, and uh, he is. Throwing it back to Cunningham, the old flea picker, and open is Randy Moss, and in the end zone is a Minnesota touchdown. 
Yeah, you know they were going to do it. The fans knew they were going to do it. The Dallas Cowboys knew they were going to do it. You knew they were going to do it early. Where Randall Cunningham just gets that ball and he just chucks it deep to Randy Moss. Thanksgiving Day, Vikings at Cowboys, 1998. Randy Moss is coming out party. This is uh, Manny's list of eight or nine things. Nine things, his favorite Vikings plays of your lifetime with an asterisk on one that wasn't in your lifetime. Yeah. Um, I watched the uh, football life about Pat Summerall, and honestly, it was kind of crushing. Like, it was just because Pat Summerall battled alcoholism his whole life, yeah. and he and Madden were so close. It was it was really like heartbreaking actually, and they, but they went through how great his career was, and the Thanksgivings with Madden and Summerall were just amazing. I'm hoping there's another Thanksgiving play in there, the one at least I'm thinking of, but I don't want to spoil the list. <laughs> uh, here is number five. With one second to go, up in the air, going deep. They're hoping. Tip, cut, touchdown! You're kidding. The Vikings, they win it. Time is running. Yeah, that is. This is the one play on the list that uh, was not in my lifetime. This was uh, 1980. The Vikings on a hail mary against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Tommy Kramer hits a Madras shot and a hail mary at the end to uh, win the uh, NFC Central. One of the strangest moments I've had when covering this team was when they announced that Randy Moss and Ahmad Rashad were both going to be in the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And Randy Moss, I think we expected him just be like, hey, this is great, you know, thanks for having me, and that sort of thing. And he ends up crying at the podium and getting extremely emotional. It was wild. And then Ahmad Rashad has to come up <laughs> to the podium right after that. It was like, <laughs> wow, we just had this crazy Randy Moss moment of him just opening up about everything and letting it all loose. And then Ahmad has to be like, well, I'm also honored to be in the ring of honor. <laughs> that was, you're talking about week one or the June press conference? The June press conference. During OTAs. I yes. was not here on the beat yet, but I've seen the video of Randy just letting loose about Dennis Green yeah. and, yep. and yep. all of that. So Ahmad Rashad had to follow that up. How did he I mean, he's a pretty darn good player himself. I'm sure he had some memories he could have cried about. Can I tell you the funniest response so far to our poll? Yes. Be less nerd and more gunslinger is what Cousins has to do to get a contract extension. <laughs> oh, people still roasting Kirk Cousins on Twitter. Oh, uh, roasted. All right, so now you are down to, is this three? Uh, we got four left. Four left. left. All right, here is number four. Oh, Pepper looking and throwing as far as he can throw, it looks like. And the pass is caught by Moss. Touchdown. He is absolutely amazing. Where Felipe Sparks was right there. Everyone is right there with Randy Moss. And somehow they just get mesmerized. And how does he get his feet down at the end of this? This was uh, Vikings at Cowboys in 2000. And this, I will take this to my grave. This was the greatest catch Randy Moss ever made in his career. Culpepper threw it deep into the back of the end zone. Yes. And Moss caught it a la Willie Mays in center field of the mm-hmm. pole grounds and tiptoed his feet in the back of the end zone and caught it for a touchdown. It was unbelievable. One of the most underrated catches a wide receiver has ever made in the history of the game. Felipe Sparks was a good player back in the yes, day. Yes, he was. It just didn't matter. I'm hoping that you have my favorite Randy Moss play coming up. I I, I'm, I have a feeling I do. Because I wrote a long piece about this particular Randy Moss play. So 
but I'm hoping that that's the one that you have. I believe it is. Okay. Uh, but here is number three. Chester Taylor in the backfield. Everybody out. Far rolls. Let's the throw deep and does to the end zone for Greg Lewis. Touchdown! Touchdown! Far did it! Yeah, home opener at the Metrodome 2009. Favre hits Greg Lewis. It won an ESPY for uh, Play of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. It was that insane. following ESPYs. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was nuts. Everybody talks about the throw and the play that Favre made, but that catch by Greg Lewis was uh, was special. So, Courtney, do you have the play of you covering this team? Is it just too obviously Minneapolis Miracle? What do you mean? Do like I have just a play of it? since you've been here? You, I've been here three years. You've been here two. two. Mm-hmm. The best play we covered was obviously the Minneapolis. Sure, I mean it has to be. That's, yeah. that's like fairly too obvious. So I'm really yeah. hoping that's not part so of like the list. Like second second place for you. It, it is yeah, part pro- of the list. I mean, I guess it has to be. I guess we can't. We're just trying to be you too know, outside the box. Like was, I was thinking, I was wondering where it was going to fall on the list, but what, what it first, has to be. First came to mind for me was Cordero Patterson returned a kick for a touchdown against Arizona in a completely forgettable game where they beat Carson Palmer at home. And it was just outrageous. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't return kicks for touchdown anymore. And just his strength and his speed and his agility is just like, oh, my goodness. I had not seen one in person before. And that, that was pretty mind-blowing. That was the game Xavier Rhodes had to pick six, yes. too, right? Yep. It was, that went like 100 yards or mm-hmm. whatever. All right. Here is number two. Shotgun snap. He moves up. He moves up. He throws a long line drive on the near side. Leaping to a catch made. It's made by, oh my goodness. It's going to go in for the touchdown. Grab by Dibbs. He broke a tackle. 61-yard touchdown throw. The Vikings have won. The Minnesota Vikings have won. Minneapolis Miracle. I I pulled the Kevin Harlan on Westwood one clip just because, I mean, the Joe Buck call is, the Joe Buck call, while it was great, has been played ad nauseum on this station for you know, over a year now. So I played the Kevin Harlan clip. Harlan's the great. Miracle. I love Kevin Harlan. I like him, but that, I, I'm sorry, that that was such an unmemorable call, in my it opinion. It was, it was a little, yeah. Joe Bucks was really, really good. Joe Bucks was fantastic. Kevin Harlan, though, he lo- he's he is funny. I remember, actually, it's so irrelevant, but I was covering a 49ers-Cardinals Thursday night game, and there was a fan that got drunk and ran on the field. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, and Kevin yeah. Harlan did, did the play-by-play of, yeah. play of it. It was it's, He's drunk, and he's at the 30. He's at the 40, and now they've taken him down. Yeah, yeah they've tackled him at the 35-yard yes. line. That was one of my favorites. Number one, Manny. Is it mine as well? Is it open? Yes, it is. Yeah, 2003, Broncos-Vikings at the Dome, and uh, Culpepper throws a Hail Mary to Randy Moss that's caught at like the 10, and Moss is getting tackled, and he sort of backwards throws it back to uh, Mo Williams, who runs it in for a score. And I, Fantastic. That's like one of your favorite stories it is, that you've done. Because I interviewed Nick Ferguson, who was the cornerback who had him in the grasps, Yeah, and he's still really mad about it. Like He said that you know it just crushed them when they went into the... Uh, halftime because they got killed after that. It was like a close game, and then the Vikings just ran away from them after that. And he said that they were all just so deflated, but that he's seen the video so many times, and every time he watches, he's like, why Why did this guy stop running? Why did that guy stop moving? I was the one that ends up 
you know, getting yelled at by the coaches in the meetings for not taking him down, but I had him in the grasps and nobody else tackled him. So it, it was a it was a great story. And um I talked to Mo Williams about it too. And and Mo was adamant that people just don't know what Randy Moss was really like to his teammates. I think you hear that a lot, right? Yeah. That like mm-hmm. the perception of him was a lot different than the reality. Absolutely. All right. That's the list. It's a great list. Great man. list. Thank you. Uh, all Thank right. You, you wrote about or are in the process of writing about yeah, it'll run, it'll run after the franchise tag deadline comes and passes. There will be on hour. the ESPN website at some point mm-hmm. in our lifetimes, you writing about Anthony Barr and how they'll replace him. Not as easy as you might think. We will talk about that when we come back here on Purple Daily. It's Bracket Month on Score North. We'll unveil a new bracket and social media vote every week all month. Follow it and vote. Bracket Month on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome back to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Manny Hill is producing. All right, let's check this out. Let's check out these results so far to what we have on the poll. If my computer will go just a little bit faster, then I can do that for us. Okay, here's what we have. The question for the show was, what does Kirk Cousins need to do in 2019 for the Vikings to sign him to a contract extension? 30% say that he must go to the Super Bowl in order to get a contract extension. That's a high bar. Out of, out of 432 votes, actually 431 because I just voted, so don't include me in that. NFC title game. I said NFC title. Well, no, I did. I said the win a playoff game, but I voted here NFC title game. NFC title game is 38%. Yeah. So you're with the majority. Yes. Win a playoff game is 27%. And That's put up, put up 4,030 is 5%. So no one cares yeah. about those stats. But in terms of how far he leads the team, I th- I think that... The right answer in terms of what the team will do, unless they do trade for Josh Rosen, I think the right answer is probably win a playoff. That's what I think. That's what I think. Initially, that's what I said. For me, though, I think it might be you have to do at least what Case Keenum did if you're going to get paid this much. I think that's that's the thing is it's not just, oh, here's a quarterback you have, and if he wins a playoff game, you're in a, a good place. It's... If you're going to pay him an outrageous amount of money that forces you to trade Everson Griffin or cut Kyle Rudolph or trade Trey Wayans because you can't afford these guys anymore, well, then he better take you deep into the playoffs. It can't just be one playoff game. That would be my perspective on it. But I think from the team's perspective, there's also the element of wanting to feel like they nailed it, wanting to feel like they're safe and secure. The thing with Kirk Cousins is that He's not a quarterback that necessarily gets you fired because his floor is seven or eight wins. That even if you don't have a great team, he's good enough to get you seven or eight wins. Mm-hmm. It's just can he actually get you any farther than nine wins and can he actually win a big game when it comes to the playoffs? Those are the questions. So I think if this current management was still in place, if Spielman is still the GM, he's going to want to keep Kirk Cousins if they win a playoff game and then it'll be... Well, next time we'll have to do this for him or do that for him. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's that's the bar that they talked about at the Combine, that you judge somebody off of not statistics, not 4,000 passing yards and, and 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, that 
it comes down to, did you get to the playoffs? Did you win a playoff game? And and that's that has to be, I think, that's not your ceiling, certainly, but it's certainly your basement. All right, let's play a quick game. Because right. we're going to talk about Anthony... Jonathan Barr. What's his middle name? This is a game we haven't played in a while, Manny. What is Anthony Barr's middle name? Don't look it up, Courtney. I'm going to guess. I think it's... But don't, I, have to, I have to look it up so I can tell you if you're right. No, that's Manny's job. Oh, so I have you to guess, too? You have to guess. Yeah, you have to guess. And Manny can guess, too, but he's going to look it up. This is a game Manny and I invented a while ago. I think it's Anthony Jonathan Barr. What do you think is his middle name? I was going to say Tony because that was what his father's name is, but then I realized his name's that's, Anthony. Yeah, he can't be Anthony <laughs> Anthony Barr. Um, <laughs> that's the worst guess that's ever happened in this game. Well, I forgot for a second that I just forgot for a second that that was like a short thing. I'll, I'll, let's go Landon because I'm looking at something on NFL Live right now. It says okay. Landon All Collins. Right. Anthony Landon Barr. What do you think, Manny? Uh, I am on his Wikipedia page okay, right now. Okay, so you have now. the answer already. Uh, what is it? There is no answer. He does not have a middle name. What? Hold on here. According Wait. to his Wikipedia page, he does not have a middle name. So Anthony Barr is not going to get franchise tagged. Because he has no middle name? Because he has no middle name? No, we're never going to be able to ask him? There's no listing of a middle name oh. on Pro Football Reference either. Let's go. Let's try UCLA football, Anthony Barr. This could be a major issue. I, I, mean, I, I couldn't bring back a player that had no middle no, name. No, I mean, you have to have an identity. <laughs> All right, let's see. I'll, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep searching for this. This is shocking news. The first time this has ever happened to our game when we try to guess people's middle name. What was uh, Pat Shermer's middle name? Was Carl, I think. <laughs> that's, that's I think that's it was a good Carl, one. yeah. Okay, Courtney, Anthony Barr is probably leaving. Yeah. I, I think we're just at that point where... The tag window's in an hour and a half from right now. It's not happening. It's not happening. Not happening. So then what? They're probably not going to sign him to a contract extension... I mean, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to hit the market on the 13th. And he's going to go somewhere that, A, will probably let him play a different role than what he played here in 4-3. And he'll probably be in that market potentially to command between the 12 and 15 million that guys who are playing the role that we think he wants to play more off the edge as a perimeter player and as a pass rusher, um, he can go do all that. It actually should work out well in favor of both parties. The Vikings can't afford him to begin with. Um, or, you know, the fact of the matter is, like, let him go bet on himself. You don't have the money. He wants to play clearly a different role. He talks about being better as a, you know, going forward than backwards. Um, that's all here nor there. You still have to replace him in your defense. He's a foundational piece of Mike Zimmer's scheme. And as I've gone through some options, um, you know, trying to figure out like what is his best fit, but like really more so the argument I care about what's good for the Vikings. I think that the thing that we have overlooked in this entire situation are outside linebackers. Real, I mean, what the what is the value of an outside linebacker in a four three scheme? I really think that that's something that is the question we don't ask ask ourselves here. Where you know, talk about Anthony Barr and wanting to make all this money and bet on himself. I mean, do you really can you get by? With Eric Wilson as a whatever player, B, a B minus player, as a strong side linebacker who plays off the ball. Can you get by with that? I don't think so. I think you'd need to draft his replacement. I truly do. But um, let's start with the free agent linebacker market. It is very thin. Very thin. But you have some guys on there who have proven experience that are just injured. They're coming off injury. KJ Wright's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, you know, I wrote it earlier, uh, you know, an article that's going to go up today. I mean, there's there's guys that you can get who have value at that position. Uh, Jake Ryan, another guy, Preston Brown, another guy. I mean, they're all coming off injury, so you can get them for cheap. Because um, I don't know if they're really, you need to go all in, in, in if just at that position at this defense. I just think that if you're playing off the ball and you're a situational pass rusher, you don't need to pay pass rusher type money to get this guy in your system. Um Free agency is an option. It's cheap, but I do think the draft's probably your best bet. And I'm not even saying that you need to go after Devin White or Devin Bush. Those are your top tier options that you'd have to spend a first round pick on. But there are some really good options there from rounds like two to four that are totally realistic and within range. I go back and forth on this because I totally believe Mike Zimmer when he said it's not easy to replace someone who can do so many things well. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't put Anthony Barr one-on-one with a wide receiver like what happened in Los Angeles, but I don't know no, if too many can, linebackers who can do exactly. that. I mean, his best fit, I mean, he can line up across tight ends. And, like, and, and I think that he's, I mean, he can do a lot. I think that we, a lot of people who want to like, you know, crap on Anthony Barr for a lot of stuff here that, you know, you, that he was lazy, that he coasted, that, you know, some of the things that the coaching staff had said and some of the other stuff that he takes plays off, that he gets lost in blocking schemes and he gets eaten up in coverage. He's still a very, very, very good athlete and a very good player who was drafted out of position to play something he had never done before. And he filled a very good role. Leaves here with 13 and a half sacks, was the best pass rushing linebacker, uh, statistically, according to Pro Football Focus, this season um, in terms of generating quarterback pressures. Pressure, but right. I just think that the value of what that position is in the defense here has to be looked at as a big picture, not just trying to find Anthony Barr's replacement. What do you want out of a 4-3 outside linebacker anyways? It might take a rotation of players for different situations because where Barr is unique is... How many linebackers now are 255 pounds, but also run like a 4-5? Yeah. (laughs) Not very many. He is super quick for his size. And where I've seen it come up the biggest is when teams try to throw little swing passes and stuff to running backs, Anthony Barr can track them down. There have been very few times where we've seen little passes to running backs go for big gains because Anthony Barr is often there, and Eric Hendricks is pretty good at this too. There's a place, there's also rushing for many different spots where he can succeed off the edge. He can succeed up the middle in the double A gap blitz. And he also is a guy who can call out the defense. I mean, he's a leadership role. They put the C on his uniform. It's very popular guy in the locker room, from mm-hmm. my understanding, too. There are a lot of elements to his game that I don't think are just easily like plug and play you would do on Madden, like, oh, just click and put this guy in and put that guy out. And I'm not sold on Eric Wilson either because the first game, it was like, oh, okay, he filled in admirably for the first game. But then after that, teams knew he was in the game and started taking advantage of him. And uh, we saw where Anthony Barr is really good. They're going to lose him, though. And I don't see any way he comes back. So when it comes to the um, draft, in my draft simulation that we did last week, I had them taking a linebacker with their first pick to what, replace him. Did you take Devin Bush or were you Devin White, the guy from LSU? Oh, so many Devins. LSU is the LSU, guy. So he Devin dropped White. in my mm-hmm. drafts him. If they can get him at 18, I think that you compromise what you're going to do, uh, potentially at that pick, to go draft him. I think that you can get by. Um, I mean, there's all these, like, you know, there's there's so many guys in this draft. Because you're right, the linebacker class for free agency is not that great. And and for the draft, it's it's not probably as deep as it's been in recent years, but you have a lot of guys who are more 
you know, prototypical three, four outside linebacker type fits. The, the, the guys that are classified when you look at them as outside linebackers slash defensive ends, big body guys like an Anthony Barr, who's six, five, 255 pounds, um, the closest, you know, thing to that type of fit is the guy from Florida State, Brian, Brian Burns. Burns. Yeah. And I think that if he's there, I mean, he's probably the third best linebacker in this class. If he's there, I think you get him. Um Josh Allen won't be there cuz he'll be a top 10 pick, yep. but that's the build that you want from somebody, you know, that if that's where you're placing your value on that size and speed element in your in your scheme, then you're going after the same type of build that you had with Anthony Barr, is basically taking a converted defensive end and putting him um, at that linebacker spot. Can you get by, though, if you're trying to draft an inside guy to to play strong side? I think you can. You know, your Sam linebacker doesn't have to be the size of Anthony Barr. And and really, this position has just changed. I mean, they play yeah. nickel all the time, mm-hmm. so you only have two linebackers in, so it's not really a truly outside linebacker. There are a lot of times where he's lining up in basically an inside linebacker mm-hmm. type of position, and that's why it's hard to figure out how much to pay the guy, because when you make those comparisons, like, is he... Uh, more of an outside linebacker? Is he more of a Luke Keekly type that's an inside linebacker that does it all? And uh, I, I think some other team's going to make that decision because the Vikings simply cannot afford him and he doesn't seem like he wants to stay. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you something here. Would you like to draft Sim with me? I would love nothing more. Let's draft Sim when we come back. It's going to be great. Okay, we'll Football. be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Score North Live. Or not, no, 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 no. Hold on, Manny. I got that wrong. Scornoth Live is coming up at 2, which you are going to inform our audience about. I, w- I was waiting for the nod yeah, to sorry. when I'm going to inform everybody about your show. Scornoth Live at 2. Purple Daily. We'll be right back. Sorry. Tell everyone that we met online. Scornorth.com. The draft sims are a running here. There are two different websites you can use. My favorite one to use is the draftnetwork.com. There's also fanspeak.com for your draft simulation needs. And Courtney and I are currently draft simming. So I am in uh, the third round now, looking to make my third pick. Where are you at? I'm in the third round. I'm waiting for it's. It's going through right now. It's going a little slow getting through to the third round. But let's talk about our first picks. Okay. So what we're doing is simulating the Vikings draft. And basically when you draft sim as opposed to mock draft, very different things, that it simulates what everyone else is going to do. And then you just play GM. That's where I'm at right now, playing GM. I selected in the first round Jawan Taylor, who is a right tackle from Florida. I would actually be a little surprised if Jawan Taylor is there. But if he is, I think the Vikings take him. Mm-hmm. and then maybe move Brian O'Neill to the left tackle and have Riley Reef go inside or just see if this guy is a future left tackle. Because I know he played on the right side and made a lot of noise there for Florida, but has the athleticism to potentially be on the left side. So that was my first pick, Juwan Taylor, a tackle from Florida. There's celebrations across the state. Yes, offensive line. Okay, so who was your pick? Well, Montez Sweat felt it. He was there at 18. Okay, and I know the, edge rusher. I went edge rusher because he, to me, is best available player that I'm taking at that spot. And let's say Everson Griffin's gone. Let's say, um, you know, you're not really that confident that Stephen Weatherly is your guy. I mean, it, to me, it's to me if Everson Griffin's gone, you need to spend 
You need to spend that on an on your your upgrade at your defensive line. You need to spend your first round pick. Um, I was kind of surprised that he was there at eighteen. I do think he is a top fifteen player. I know some 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 sites have him projected, uh, you know, early second round too. But I couldn't pass that up. But now looking at my mock draft, I'm not really happy. I'm just, you know, I kind of want to do this over because... You don't get any second chances. I know, I know there's no second chances in the NFL, um, but my offensive line picks, I mean, just not thrilled right now. Okay, uh, I could have drafted Brian Burns, who is such an interesting athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he went with the next pick, and I also could have selected Devin White. So they seem to think these draft simulations that Devin White might be available at 18, because I picked him in our first one that we did. Second pick, I took Irv Smith, the tight end from Alabama. Sort of a game-changing player, great hands, really good for Alabama this year. I think the Vikings, whether they keep Kyle Rudolph or or not, they need another tight end. They need someone who's a threat. And if Smith is available there in the second round, I like it. Totally fair. I think that a tight end end is is a good thing to have in the mix. Uh, I don't think he was available when I was picking at number at uh, fifty. Yeah, I, this is supposed to be a good, uh, a really good tight end draft, and he's mm-hmm. part of it. So, who did you have at fifty? I had Titus Howard tackle from Alabama State. I know nothing about him except for the very little that I was just able to research as I was freaking out because my draft board was imploding after I went edge rusher in the first round. Um, but, it, it, I mean, to me, any second-round tackle is going to be very hit or miss. It could be hit, like Brian O'Neill, or it could be somebody who's a project. Uh, but it, to me, this also means that, you know, if you're going to look at the chips as they fall, so the reason I went Ed Rusher in round one was because I'm projecting, let's say, Everson's not here. Mm-hmm. And, and Anthony Barr's obviously gone, so you're not spending that money to keep him. So then you're probably going after an offensive lineman in free agency. To, so to me, to save my draft, let's say that they already addressed uh, getting a guard, uh, someone to play right guard in free agency. So I'm okay with it there. But a guy like Titus Howard, I mean, I'm looking at his measurables right now. He's got the length. I think that, you know, there's a guy here, too. I mean, uh, there, were, there were several other tackles that were kind of in that same, like, mid to, mid to late second round type pick. And, I mean, he's just a massive individual. So, you know. You really six, do six, seem un, unsold with your own picks. Six five two thirty. So, I mean, but he's, you know, an FCS guy. I mean, I'm just being skeptical now. The next Willie Beavers here? Is that what you're going to end up with? <laughs> I went in the third round, this is our Vikings draft simulation, with Paris Campbell, the insanely fast wide receiver out of Ohio State. And I know, not every insanely fast wide receiver works out, but in the third round, it's worth looking into someone who might be a game-breaker, especially if Campbell would have that chance to be the guy who runs the jet sweeps and kick returns and does all the things that... Cordero Patterson did for the New England Patriots this year and should have been doing for the Vikings when he was in Minnesota. If you get that type of game-breaking speed type of player in the third round, assuming that I can't trade the third-round pick for Josh Rosen, because if I could do that, then I will. But that's my pick. So I come away with all offense. I went right tackle, tight end, and playmaking wide receiver. Who was your third-round pick? Let me scroll down here because I was doing it very quickly. Um, I went with, I actually went with Paris Campbell too. I forgot oh, that really? I did that. Okay. Yeah, I got him right at 81. Um, cause there was a guard I thought I was going to take, but I don't honestly have any clue about Michael Deiter, the guy from Wisconsin. Um, so, I don't either. 
Paris Campbell, I mean, just he put on a show to me at the Combine. You need a number three receiver. And fact of the matter is, I just don't think that you're getting Antonio Brown like you seem to think. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, but there are some interesting things I want to note here. Just with the run on wide receivers that this draft sim is projecting to happen in the third round, which could be kind of interesting um, depending upon the draft capital that Minnesota ends up with and, and what that round or what, you know, those rounds around there look like. But there's also um, a run on guards. It's projecting that Garrett Bradbury is going in the third round uh, at 78 to the Dolphins. I which, think after the combine, I'd be surprised by that. I mean, I don't know if I'd spend a first round pick on him. Or I don't know if he'd be the first. I mean, I wouldn't pick him at 18. Last week, I think I did pick him at 18 in the first draft sim that we did. But I don't think anyone would be um, upset if you did. Th- that was the day of his. I mean, that was. I was just really high on his. Uh, he he had a great on his combine, great workout, and so, he's I got mean, tape too. So yeah, I, I wouldn't think that anyone would be upset if they drafted Bradbury in the first round. It might seem like a little bit of a reach, but it wouldn't be crazy. Looking at mine and how things played out, the second round is interesting because there is the same run on guards. Are you listening, Rick Spielman? Because <laughs> last year he talked about how the run on guards surprised him, but we did a bunch of draft simulations and it always happened. Did you send him the draft sim machine? No, I didn't. I was told by John Ledyard, who is part of the Draft Network, that the Vikings are aware of the Draft Machine. Well, the Draft Network, it. I, it's because it's new this year. Has yeah. really, I mean, that was the talk at the Combine. I had talked to several people who had been, it's a kind of, it was a buzzworthy news item um, that it's kind of taking over. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah. you know, when you when you follow, when you, when you pull up your Twitter and it's like, it says like so-and-so and it gives you a whole list of people following the Draft Network now. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Um, what here's some other things that caught my eye. AJ Brown is a highly regarded receiver. I could have drafted him. You know, the, thought about that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he and he's from Ole Miss. He's not Laquan Treadwell. He's a much different version of Laquan Treadwell. No, everyone but he looks, from but Ole Miss looks, is Laquan Treadwell. But no, DK Metcalf is not Laquan Treadwell. But he looks <laughs> just like him. He really does, just in terms of the build. But the speed that AJ has and that separation. You know, it's a reason that he, you know, led the SEC or whatever he did this year. It's just funny because I brought up that idea that Metcalf could be available at 18. And that was the first response is, we already drafted a receiver from Ole Miss at 18. Oh, my God. You know, Kale quarterbacks didn't exactly work out before Aaron Rodgers. So (laughs) here's something interesting, a scenario. I like Will Greer, not as a first-round pick, or maybe even a second-round pick, but in my draft, he fell to the third. Mine, too. I'm looking at him right here. He wasn't available when the Vikings picked, but also wasn't that far away from them. Mm -hmm. There's your developmental quarterback, potentially, and Greer is a guy that had a lot of buzz throughout the year, and then it's kind of dropped off since because maybe he doesn't have the strongest arm or the best measurables. But some of the underlying statistics on Will Greer are really good. I don't think it's nuts to you know, re-sign, or, or I'm sorry, I just was reading the word re-sign. I don't think it's nuts to draft a quarterback in the third round if it's someone who's really interesting to you that uh, that drops, like Will Greer, if it's a quarterback, because we're thinking a couple of years out here. My interesting third round pick outside of the, I agree with you, just to, just to get that out there. Um, but I do, it, it reminded me as I was scrolling through, looking at how the rest of the round played out, what Brandon Thorne was saying about Elkton Jenkins mm-hmm. uh, from Mississippi State. I mean, he played four positions there. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's a build that you can, I think they have him here classified as a center. 
I think you can get him, and that could be your right guard, potentially. Somebody who, you know, one of those gems out of the third round that potentially competes in camp and can win that job. Um, if he's there in the third round and you're picking it, I don't know if he'll be there. It doesn't look like he'd be there at 81, but potentially. So there's some breaking news in the NFL, which I was reading and then accidentally started saying on the radio a few minutes ago. Uh, Trey Flowers and Trent Brown from the Patriots are going to hit the free agent market. And those are two positions that interest the Vikings. Yes. If they do decide to move on from Everson Griffin, Trey Flowers becomes interesting. Uh, If you want to send us your draft simulations, do that on Twitter. Yeah. I love when people people take the screenshots because we already have one right here from uh, Ragnar's Kingdom. Here's this person says fire, three fire emojis, dot, 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 I think. So he's got Andre Dillard, tackle from Washington State in the first round. Garrett Bradbury, he went all offense, just like you. Um, you were really listening to the fan base when you did yours. I, I was I was listening to the front office. Um, they've got great. Can Garrett Bradbury play any other position other than center? I think he could play. Can he guard. play guard? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got Caden Smith, the tight end from Stanford. Two linemen and a tight end. People would be thrilled. Oh wow, we have we have a few. We have a few. There was somebody else who said their dream scenario. I don't know if he picked. Um, they actually did. Was that that they would get Andre Dillard in the first round? Uh, Reisner, who is the is he the defensive? End? No, he's a offensive lineman from K State. Okay, that's that's the one that everybody was talking about like last December. Uh-huh. Uh, then Paris Campbell and Nate Davis. That's not a bad draft either. Love draft sims off season, man. This is this it's is all we do. And I mean, it's going to get great in free agency when you have to stay on your couch for like 18 hours straight and you got 20 minutes to go, go draft him. So next week, by the way, we're going all in on Purple Daily through the whole week. It's going to be on during this, this time slot. So we'll kind of move aside from some of the baseball and basketball. Sorry, Manny, but you'll still be here, Manny. It's um, all football. I'm not complaining. Football. Uh, so, yeah, then we'll be doing all sorts of coverage. Courtney, you'll be here and on the phone if we need you, if they make some sort of big signing. So... Very exciting stuff. What is uh, what's coming up next on our sports station here, Courtney? Do you in, know? in five minutes, coming up, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. I believe that your first guest is Cheryl Reeve. I was listening today during these like meetings beforehand. Or is that completely inaccurate? Did no, I make that up? That's completely wrong. Did you? What, is she not coming on the show? She was on like two weeks ago. Oh my god! What was I listening to? Then? I have no idea. You know, Andy da- Cunningham is coming up next. Ah oh, man, I'm just I'm so used Our to Wolves report. I'm so used to draft simming, and got I'm the sport so right. You can There's just basketball. I Actually, got the sport right. that's a that funny matters. that's a funny bit. Is she should make up a guest each week, like, <laughs> and your first guest is Steve Young. Like, no, he's not. Steve Young is not coming on. That's a great that's a great thing we should do each week. Okay, hey, well, but Lisa, you know, it only took me about six weeks, but. I- whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.